0: Good day, guys. Welcome to the Ferikom Podcast. We've got Ashraf here and we've got Suhail and Legendary on the mic. And we have our special guest from England, Adnan Rashid. And today we spoke about life experiences, knowledge, wisdom, his experiences on Speaker's Corner and Hyde Park. And we have a little treat for you right at the end. Stay tuned.
1: Alright, right, um, we welcome you guys now to the podcast JazakAllah khairam um, for listening We have a very special guest, Mr Adnan Rashid I'll get him to introduce himself after this But we had a short conversation beforehand And what I noticed from the conversation is Adnan does he, he chooses his words very wisely whenever he speaks And I noticed that he kind of like If he doesn't need to delve further into something He will always, I guess, cut it there and leave it there And um, is there any... Is there any hidden wisdom behind that, Adnan, that you'd like to share?
2: Yes, I'm 41 years old and I've learned the hard way <laughs> yeah. that words can mean a lot. They can benefit you and they can harm you. Mm. So they can be easily misconstrued, they can be misunderstood, they can be uh, you know, stretched uh, to assume things you never meant. So it's, it's very important to choose your words carefully. And this is something we learn in Islam from the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose his words very carefully. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the Quran In specifically chosen words And some of those words are so comprehensive And so powerful They they contain a world of meanings in them mm. Right So uh, this is something you learn in Islam With experience as well And the Prophet sallallahu Was also called jawami al ال- kalimat uh, His words were very comprehensive mm. Allah had blessed him with that So the language was very important for him mm. So this is something with the age uh, I'm 41 So um, I've been Talking, I've been talking for the last um, nearly 20 years. Uh, I've been a public speaker on and off and uh, made many mistakes. And I've learned from my mistakes. And I've learned how to control my emotions when I'm speaking. And I've learned how to control my language. And I'm still learning. It's a, it's a, it's a long journey. And you continue to learn until the day you die. This is what I believe in.
0: Yeah. How did you learn that? Because me, personally speaking, public speaking is not a strong suit. Mm -hmm. And I do let the emotions, like I feed off the energy of the room. So I see like everyone just watching me and I'm like, oh, am I doing bad? And then I'll make a mistake. I might go red. I might, you know, get nervous. My (laughs) leg starts twitching. So what are things, because 20 year journey and it's never ending. What are things that helped you that can help other people?
2: Public speaking Basically, what you need to do is, the the basic rule in public speaking is that you control your content and your emotions and your words. You do not let people uh, influence you in that. Mm. Because if people from the crowd influence you into that, then you can easily fall uh, into errors. And it has happened to me as well in the past, where when you are speaking... Someone heckles you or someone says something uh, stupid to you and then you react to it and then uh, the whole point is lost. The point you're trying to make or the message you're trying to convey is completely compromised Mm -hmm. because of that one glitch. So you have to be very careful. You have to control your emotions. You have to control your words. You have to control um, the crowd in an indirect way. You when you are speaking publicly, you are the teacher. Okay, it's, it has nothing to do with arrogance or pride. It's not that. It is a skill you need to um, master when you are speaking to the crowd. Uh, your voice, uh, your emotions, your confidence everything uh, everything plays a role. So you need to be very confident. Uh, you need to pretend that there is no one in front of you mm. when you're speaking, so that your confidence is not compromised. You know, so. It's a number of things. It's a, it's a number of things. I've learned it with 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 uh, with experience. I haven't read any particular books on public speaking. So there the are many books. Yeah,
0: Because even like precision in speech, that's yeah. something that is experienced. Like there is ways to be more conscious when you do speak, hmm. but precision in speech and be, becoming more articulate and intelligent when you are speaking about certain things, it's something you can read about. Yes,
2: it is possible, but you can't always be good at it because you need... You need some some um, like some elements. Mm. You need some elements. Practice, practice. Uh, practice is one thing, but you need knowledge. Mm. Okay, If you don't have information in your mind, you can't convey it. Mm. There's nothing to convey. You will be waffling. <laughs> you will be saying all sorts of <laughs> okay. things. Waffling. So you have to have information in your mind, and information is knowledge. Okay, So you accumulate knowledge, you read books, uh, and that helps you answer questions, Mm. uh, that helps you convey messages clearly, uh, that builds your vocabulary, that builds your confidence in general. Knowledge is power. It's power. Mm. It can be used for good. It can be used for bad. So knowledgeable people are the most influential people in human history. Mm. This is how it's been. Right, Even generals and kings were influenced by knowledgeable people. Mm. Uh, Kings and generals and uh, rulers or emperors in the past, Mm. even politicians today, they have advisors. Mm. And who are these advisors? These advisors are knowledgeable people. They know their fields. They know politics. They know history. They know law. Uh, They know uh, how societies work. All these things are very important. So knowledge is absolutely crucial. It is an absolute must uh, for any public speaker. If you're public speaking, and you don't have knowledge, and you don't have anything to share with people, you will lose your importance very time, very soon. Not that you're doing it for importance, but if you really want to influence the world in a positive way, then you must read. You have to read, you have to continue building your uh, knowledge.
3: Especially like in like in our day and age, like the digital world where everything's run by how much knowledge you got, like mm. how, how powerful a country it's not about like how big their armies. are. It's not back in like six hundred years ago, mm. where your army size said how bigger and powerful you are in the world. It's more about what you know. You know, within the click of a button, you can create like create like a mob that can destroy the world.
1: You mean like a figure to you make it type? Is mm. that what you're saying? So yeah. like the the power of language. You mean you mean
3: the uh, media, the use of media nowadays? Not, not in terms of like knowledge. Like I don't know. Even like during history and all that kind of stuff, going from World War to World World War One to World War Two. Yeah. People were starting to become, because you had the old type of fighting where it was how you saw your enemy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where slowly it slowly was about what information you accumulated mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Like the world was rapidly changed from sending a tweet, sending a message. Like it would take one month for a writer. Then mm-hmm. it went from sending an owl to a mail. And then now within the click of a button, mm-hmm. how fast you can do that.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I think knowledge and how it is conveyed are two very important aspects of human development Mm. and they have to be neutralized they have to be used in a very careful fashion Uh, because knowledge can sometimes be misunderstood or misconstrued or mis you know uh, conveyed in a way which is not beneficial or even harmful for example um, um, Rwandan genocide Mm -hmm. Rwanda Uh, went through a genocide in the early 1990s, 1994 to be precise. Mm. Uh, Over a million people were killed within three months. And this happened uh, through a radio station. Uh, Some people spread hate uh, through this radio station and they were dehumanizing the other group. So there were two tribes, Hutus and Tutsis. And Hutus uh, were spreading hate against Tutsis on... Uh, this radio channel, and they were calling them cockroaches, and they dehumanized them complete, mm-hmm. completely. And people who were listening to these radio programs, they were pumped so much by this hate that they picked up their machetes and they started to commit genocide. And over a million people were killed in 1994 so uh, because of a radio uh, yeah. broadcast. Yeah. Okay, uh, so you have to be very careful with media. You have to be very careful with your knowledge. Uh, and the information you're conveying. Sometimes it's not even knowledge what you're conveying through your media um, strength. It's not even knowledge. It's it's possibly outright lies and and hate and bigotry. So there has to be a balance between knowledge and how it is conveyed. Mm -hmm. It has to be knowledge. It has to be beneficial, and it has to be conveyed responsibly. Otherwise, you cause problems in the world. Mm. So this is what we as Muslims we have to learn: that knowledge is one thing, yeah. okay, and conveying it is another, right? Because uh, sometimes knowledge can be twisted. Okay, there is something you quote from the Quran or the prophetic tradition, and then you put a twist on it, mm. you you put a spin on it, and you throw it out uh, to convey a particular meaning and. Uh, the audience, who in most cases people don't read, and the masses don't have access to books anymore. Unfortunately, not that they are; they're not allowed, but they don't want to access books anymore. Unfortunately, because social media and phones and smartphones and uh, you think
0: that's the main reason?
2: Yeah, I think so. Because it's a, it's, it's a it's a distraction. Smartphones are a distraction. Uh, we are reading a lot. Don't get me wrong; we are re- we are reading a lot. But well, we are reading rubbish. <laughs> yeah. We're reading rubbish. We're reading Facebook posts. We're reading Instagram accounts. We're reading. Uh, we're mm-hmm. following our celebrities and their pictures and their lifestyle and yeah. their. we what what restaurant are they going? What clothes are they wearing? Wearing, mm-hmm. uh, what music music uh, event they are attending? What carnivals they are going to? Th- things like that. This is what we're reading. We're reading posts. So if you put together all the posts and information we are reading online. It turns into possibly, you know, many pages yeah. a day.
1: So it's like that um, saying that I think Denzel Washington said recently, mm-hmm. if you listen to the news, you're, un- you're, you're misinformed, and if you don't, you're uninformed. Yes, thing, yeah?
2: absolutely. Unfortunately, that, that is the reality where, uh, w- yeah. we are living today. Yeah. yeah. So the news is predominantly misinforming mm-hmm. the masses on many matters. Okay. Uh, and it is very controlled. Right, okay. for that reason, we have to have as many independent platforms as possible, such mm. as this, such as this one. Mm-hmm. Right, this
3: is your strength. This is your power. Your yeah. podcast. Right. Shout out to Fair Podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. But and in that sense, wouldn't you say that, like,
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> <tick> of approval. <laughs> oh, oh. we had
3: to? Uh, wouldn't you say that sometimes people, like nowadays, or well, the way the way that the media shifted to, people are more of they're more eloquent speakers rather than being knowledgeable. Like, sometimes the way everything's said in the media is mm, like... Like Trump? Yeah,
1: well, well Trump's advisors. he's like very tru- smart the way he speaks.
3: Yeah, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't say Trump's smart, he's but... He's
1: provocative. He, See, the whole point of it is that. No, he's smart. He's Donald. very Donald. smart. He's he's very as smart. a businessman,
0: yeah. bankrupt, not making money, making money is, is in his DNA. Like, like making money. Like the
1: Kardashian's mum, bro. Yeah. yeah. She's very, very smart. Yeah. Very, very smart human being. Even though she's getting him to do the wrong things or what we deem yeah. immoral. Yeah. you got to realise that she's very, very smart. She got exactly what she wanted. She cool. got the kids to the point. Yeah, they, they have a
2: focus and they're working towards that focus, exactly. basically. Some people have this uh, uh, this um, a goal in their life that they yeah. want to become rich. They want to make money and they will make money by any means necessary.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, then
2: is that smart though? Well, so that's smart, that's being subjective. smart is one thing, but yeah. being wise is another. Exactly they are not that. necessarily wise. Yeah, they yeah, are yeah. smart. They intelligent. are intelligent, no yeah. doubt. Donald Trump is a very intelligent man. Yeah. If he wasn't intelligent, yeah. uh, he wouldn't be a successful businessman. So he was a successful... Ba- is he morally upright? Is he wise? Yeah. That's another question altogether. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's an interesting question. No. But uh, you can be smart yeah. and, and, and be moral at the same time. So smartness doesn't necess- necessarily equal morality. Mm. So you have to make these distinctions, right? Wisdom and um, knowledge are not necessarily the same things, okay? okay? Knowledge is information yeah. in, in most cases, right? Uh, wisdom, that comes from how you use that knowledge, What you have learned from that knowledge, okay? That's very important because some people have knowledge but they don't know how to use it. Mm. They don't know what to do with it. They just convey it. They just put it out as they have learned it but they don't know how to implement it, socially speaking, right? So it's very important to apply your knowledge positively. You need to think about it. This is where the philosophers and intellectuals and thinkers come in. They accumulate knowledge and they indulge in it. They contemplate on it. They ponder upon it and when they ponder upon it, they, they create their own uh, ideas, right? And those ideas are then influencing people around the world. Some, sometimes these ideas are very beneficial. Other times these ideas can cause disasters, catastrophes of a grand scale. So for that reason, uh, even when we follow ideas, we have to, we have to be very careful, right? Um, so if we look at the 20th century, for example, uh, the, the, the Second World War, it was a war of ideologies, Mm -hmm. right? Communism was there, uh, Nazism was there, fascism was there, capitalism was there, it was a Mm -hmm. war of ideologies. Mm -hmm. And alhamdulillah, we thank Allah that Islam wasn't there. Okay? Uh, And we thank Allah that Islam did not play any role in two of these greatest catastrophes in human history, Mm -hmm. whereby hundreds of millions of people lost their lives. Okay. Uh, the Ottomans were actually pushed into it. Ottomans didn't want any part of it. By they force, were actually yeah. put into it by force, yeah. yeah. and um, can, can you develop
1: that, on that? Like, just give us a brief... How, which war... Which war was and what happened? The
2: First World War where um, um, well, one of the Austrian princes was shot dead in mm. Sarajevo in, in Bosnia, and that kind of triggered the war. It, it had something to do with the alliance, alliances. Uh, yeah. uh, Austria was allied to Germany and... Uh, the man who killed... Um,
3: was allied to the French, wasn't
2: it? Yes, and then because of those alliances, people got involved, other countries got involved, and, and we ended up with a world war. Yeah. It was a great catastrophe. Second world war was, of course, caused by Germany, uh, uh, Hitler. Okay. Uh, and yeah. he was uh, basically invading territories. Uh, um, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. He went into Poland, he went into France, and Britain was threatened, Britain was a power. So Mm. Britain used all its colonial might against uh, Germany. Uh, America got involved, and and Hitler opened another front for himself behind him, Uh, uh, Russia. So although capitalists and communists do not see eye to eye with each other, Mm. they are arc uh, enemies of each other, but in this case they united to get rid of Hitler because they both saw Mm. Hitler as as a threat. So uh, Hitler... Opened two fronts for himself, and he, he was defeated. Yeah. So these are some of the some of the greatest. I mean, two of the greatest catastrophes in human history, where hundreds of people, hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions, uh, according to some estimates, about two hundred uh, and fifty million people lost their lives as a result. Wars. Sorry, from both wars. Uh, from both world wars. Where yes. did
0: the Muslims play a role? Well Muslims,
2: uh, alhamdulillah, we thank Allah that Muslims had no role, no direct role Mm. uh, or no control of that situation. The Europeans had accumulated, or Westerners had accumulated immense power. There was a lot of activity in the late 19th century after the Industrial Revolution and in in the early 20th century. These powers became very powerful, Mm -hmm. very powerful, right? Germany was a a huge power. Hitler completely transformed Germany from 1933 to 1939 when the war started. Hitler had done some some absolutely uh, mind-blowing amount of um, advancement in technology and all that, Mm -hmm. right? So he was a very dangerous man. He was a very cruel, barbaric man as we saw later on what he did with the Jewish people Mm -hmm. during the Holocaust, okay? So likewise, the British Empire was very powerful, mm-hmm. right? The, the French were very powerful. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of power with the communists in Russia. They were okay. rising as well. Yeah, yeah, they were rising as well. So you see, when too many powers come together in a small space, mm-hmm. uh, what happens? You know, we have a saying in the Punjabi language, when there are too many pots in one place, they strike each other and they make sound. Right, yeah. right, <laughs> yeah. right. Okay, so Allah this Allah is this is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're getting into too much history, modern history. But yeah. um, the, the the reason why I'm talking about these things is because of uh, because we 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 need to understand what knowledge is, mm. Mm. and what information can do, what technology can do. Yeah. Okay, this is why Allah Subhanahu wa Taala keeps uh, reminding humanity about uh, the correlation between. Uh, Wisdom and power. Mm. So, power without wisdom is a recipe for disaster. Okay, and wisdom without power is just ideas, mm. yeah. insignificant. You cannot do anything with your wisdom alone. You need power to apply your wisdom and produce great results. So, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, when He introduces Himself in the Quran, He calls Himself Al Aziz Al Hakim. Okay, Al Aziz, He's the, the most powerful entity and he is al hakim at the same time he's the most wise entity mm-hmm. so Allah comes uh, with power and wisdom mm-hmm. therefore uh, what we have in the world today you know Allah's creation mm-hmm. okay Allah Allah's creation the universe the solar system and all the fine-tuning and the design and the beauty and uh, um, mathematical position in the universe and within the planet Earth mm-hmm. is a product of Allah's power, number one, primarily, and Allah's wisdom, mm. okay? So when you have power without wisdom, uh, like what happened <laughs> in the case of Hitler, yeah. then you get holocausts, yeah. okay? Then you get uh, disasters and destruction and world wars oh, and, and, and catastrophes of uh, the greatest scale.
3: Oh, you
1: get Thanos on the Avengers.
0: That's <laughs> yeah. not a big of a s- yeah, yeah. Superman you?
3: Don't a watch, you never you? know, The Avengers? Nah, we're speaking about in the car He's very like? history uh,
2: yeah. you never watched Avengers? I'm too uh, old-fashioned for this kind of it's stuff
3: Just, it's just, just watch no. the new Spider-Man <laughs> <laughs> Any
0: okay. of the Spider-Mans, you love him.
2: Okay I, I used to watch these cartoons when I was a child but Tom Jerry? Tom and Jerry was my favourite <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was my favourite, seriously And uh, I think it impacted me in ways as well I became... As naughty as uh, <laughs> yeah. as Jerry. Seriously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know. Sometimes, the, actually, you know, these these cartoons can influence children to be violent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, but that's the way they, they're, they're funny. Be they're funny, but, girls, but they yeah. can influence children to be violent. Children start, you know, committing acts of violence against their siblings, yeah. Yeah. No. and you don't know why they're doing this, and they're watching Tom and Jerry, yeah. right? <laughs> so it's very important for us to. To know what we're feeding our children with. Exactly. And now, with, it, I mean, uh, fortunately, now they don't watch Tom and Jerry, but there's there's worse stuff now yes. out there. It's a weird thing.
1: Yeah, but... Um, um, nah, like.
3: But i got a question for you, Adnan. Hmm. Um, What's your experiences like at spe- uh, Speaker's Corner in Hyde Park, London? Uh, my experiences have been
2: mixed. Uh, sometimes no. I've had very decent, fruitful discussions with uh, people um, who are able to have a decent discussion. Other times I've had uh, I've had interactions and encounters with people who simply are, who are simply incapable of ha- having a decent discussion. So I tend to avoid them. Mm. A lot of the times I get pestered and I get mm. hassled <laughs> yeah. and harassed we, and the and heckled, but that doesn't affect me. I don't uh, allow that to what, affect what's me. The
0: worst one? What's the worst one? Because sometimes we see fights and stuff.
2: I have never, uh, fortunately, I've never been uh, in a fight like I'm that, and <laughs> I would <laughs> never be in a fight <laughs> like that. Even if I was attacked, yeah, I would go course. to the police and not course, respond. Yeah. And because I have, I I see myself differently. I have some self-respect, hopefully, you know. So um, I don't like to indulge in things like that, Uh, you know. Even shouting exchanges, I don't like them. Mm. Um, People abuse, they swear and shout, and I don't like to do that. And uh, that's not me. Not anymore, at least. Maybe perhaps 20 years ago, but not now. So I, I, I go there to have intelligent discussions. My purpose uh, is uh, only education hmm. so I go to the park to educate people yeah. and the dynamics have changed uh, since social since uh, the social media revolution oh, has, yeah.
0: it been, how has it how long have they been about going three have
2: years been? about three years since since three years things have changed in the park yeah. a lot of cameramen have turned up there mm. there are YouTube channels yeah. uh, and we get like hundreds of thousands of hits around the world uh, these videos are very popular yeah. everywhere. Everywhere we go, mm. Subhanallah, you we get telling people telling us that. And I s- sometimes I seriously contemplate uh, not going to the park yeah. completely. And I've been told, no, you must go to the park. For what reason did you contemplate not going? Because of these problems. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, unpleasant characters are turning up. Mm-hmm. A lot of racist uh, bigots. A lot of uh, Islamophobes. People insult the Prophet of Islam. Fine, you know, it's it's it's, it's a it's a place for freedom of speech. But sometimes freedom of speech goes too far as well. Exactly. There have, they have, they have to be limits, right? Mm. No society in human history has ever allowed absolute freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. No society allows freedom of speech, absolute freedom of speech today. Mm. No society will ever allow absolute freedom of speech in the future. It has mm. never existed, it, it, it does not exist, it will never exist. Mm. Okay. So in the name of freedom of speech, when people attack and insult Islam and Prophet, uh, prophet of Islam, sorry, sorry. that's actually not freedom of speech. That's actually hateful, hateful, speech. hateful, hate speech. And this is what led to the Holocaust. Yeah. Right. Hitler uh, felt that he can do it. Yep. He did it and he dehumanized the Jewish people, unfortunately. No. And lo and behold, we had the greatest, one of the greatest catastrophes in human history. Do
1: you feel there's a double standard? At the I think
2: so. I think so. There is a double standard um, that it, there seems to be an open season against Islam and Muslims mm. uh, in the Western world. Uh, and I think people are coming to realize that. Yeah. Even Western masses are coming to realize that, and they're speaking up against it. They're saying, hold on. Uh, why do you allow hate speech against Muslims? You're not blocking these Twitter accounts. You're not arresting people. You're not raiding houses mm. to arrest people who are making genocidal statements online exactly. and uh, when uh, an extremist Muslim uh, for the wrong reasons does it you raid his yeah. uh, house you pick him up you you know you block his account on Twitter rightly so rightly so we we, we don't want bigots to to have a say in society and cause yeah. problems yeah. right 100%. but for some reason um, it's not happening against Islamophobes and racist uh, uh, white supremacist individuals, I, they're, they're not treated the same. Yeah. yeah. If, if they were treated the same, I think we would have avoided what happened in Christchurch. Yeah. Because people would have been watched. They would have been on the watch list. Yeah. right? So anyone who expresses sentiments like that, mm. anywhere online, they would be watched by the government. right? Yeah. The government would be passing, passing laws mm. against such people. Mm. So, so there are double standards. And there, those double standards are being highlighted quite nicely in mm. Speaker's Corner. You know, mm, yeah. we can see clearly what's happening there. So it's, it's a good thing. We like that uh, opportunity yeah. to go and speak, openly talk about Islam. Mm. Many Muslim youngsters uh, are learning about Islam yeah. uh, from getting, these videos. Yeah. And for that reason, some of the Islamophobes have turned up to somehow neutralize our influence. Mm. Right. And they have, uh, they, they have not succeeded. They are unsuccessful, alhamdulillah. Even the far right. In Britain turned up at the park. Yeah. Yeah. They
1: all okay. got arrested. I remember the hearing about you yeah. know the Tommy Robinson's cronies, the all those yeah. the, oh that lady with the, the velvet hair. I don't know what her name is. I can't remember what her yeah, name is. Yeah, because was. they're bigots. Yeah, and even
2: they, even 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 British people realize, hold on, they don't represent us. Yeah. These guys are giving us a bad name, just like some Muslim idiot. Sorry, yeah. you know, goes and starts saying, <laughs> yeah. uh, because there are idiots among Muslims, unfortunately, right? Okay, so don't get me wrong. This when I say idiots Muslim are idiot really? doesn't mean that Muslims are idiots, <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying there are idiots among uh, within the Muslim community, unfortunately, and they say a lot of unpleasant, stupid things, yeah. right? Hmm. Uh, they don't represent us. We have a lot of intelligent people around the Muslim world and within the West, uh, in Western countries. We have intelligent, educated, uh, loving, compassionate, generous Muslim People, mm. those are the people who represent the communities, yeah. not these 0.1% bigots, mm-hmm. right? Likewise, white, supremacist is, um, um, sorry, white super, uh, supremacism is, sorry, white supremacism is is a reality. Okay, it's growing by the day. Okay, but these people are still a minority. Fortunately, they don't represent the the loving and the beautiful people of Australia, for example, or Britain, yeah. okay, or even in the US, uh, people generally are very nice people. You mm-hmm. know, when you speak to them and you converse with them and you talk to them, even when you tell them about Islam, they are uh, uh, they, they accept, yeah. uh, you know, with respect, uh, this in- information. So never assume that a bigot, an extremist, or a hater who wants to divide communities along communal lines or religious lines to spread hate in particular, to mm. spread uh, misinformation and mistrust never assume that they represent the communities. they don't they yeah. don't they're actually yeah. uh, they're, they're actually victims of their own circumstances. Right. Some of these people, they came from violent backgrounds, yes. they came from disturbed backgrounds, mm. they were probably on drugs. Mm. Um, uh, they were probably jobless or something like that and they end up in this situation and they want to you know take out their frustration. Yeah, there uh, was the most vulnerable people in the society.
1: I remember, I remember reading the comments because you know when Christchurch broke out initially, it was very, very disturbing to go through the comment section in the social media. Yeah, the social media uh, posts. Mm-hmm. There was people actually congratulating the guy mm. and saying that this is what they deserve. This is what they get. Yeah, and then. Um, one thing that tripped me out was the fact that if that was a Muslim dude or something like and that... And
2: if Muslims are commenting like that, yeah, you uh, can raid then it. then they, it would be on the news. Uh, people would be raided. They people would, would be raided. Be raided. And this is where the double standard is, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, uh, for some reason, racist, Islamophobic bigots feel uh, that they, they have the impunity to spew all the hatred they can online and, and no one's going to do anything so that's why the government has to or the governments they have to really take is, this is
3: it but is it solely that the government has to do anything what about us as like muslims no. and this is not this is not like generally just towards muslims because this can be towards like other social groups 100% i family. agree
2: muslims are equally responsible yeah. when it comes to uh, countering this hate yeah. and this misinformation so what can we do yeah. we must educate ourselves yeah. primarily number mm. 1 because when you want to represent your faith you yeah. need to have education. You can't just go and start saying things uh, you have no knowledge of, right? So educate yourself, then convey the message, right? Do podcasts like this, okay? Reach out to people, establish seminars, okay? Do dawah tables, for example. Uh, Reach out to the people. Don't do dawah in your mosques for your own people, Mm -hmm. okay? They are already convinced, right? (laughs) They know Islam is beautiful. (laughs) They know Islam is generous. They know Islam is compassionate. It's people out there on the streets, they don't know about it. You need to reach out to them somehow. You need to actually go to them and tell them about Islam. How do you go to them? One of the ways to do it, do charitable work. Reach out to them for charity. Go and help them. There are Australian people who are suffering from poverty. Reach out to them. You know, where you have uh, racism, the areas there, 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 you know, for example, I've been told there are certain areas where, where, where there is a lot of racism and Islamophobia. Mm. Go. Go to those regions. Take your aid there. You're sending aid to Gaza, you're sending aid to Syrian refugee camps and uh, and Rohingyas. Beautiful. That's amazing. And that's noble. At the same time, why are you neglecting uh, your home? Mm. This is where you live, right? So imagine if you have people starving in your, in your house, mm. right? And there are people on the street who are begging, right? So what you do is you pick up the food, right? And you go and give that food to the people on the street, which is noble, which is a beautiful thing to do. But people at home in your living room and in your bedroom and they they are also asking for food and you don't you don't do anything for them mm-hmm. this is this is absurd this is completely absurd so i want the muslims to wake up and start doing work at home mm-hmm. australia britain america canada reach out to the people go to them ask them do you need anything can i help you establish good relations with your neighbors Talk to them. And when they watch news, they will call the news channels and they'll tell them to shut your mouths, yeah. a you of bunch of liars and hateful bigots. These Muslims are not like that. Why mm-hmm. are you using the word Muslim in your news channel when you say the Muslim terrorist? How is he a Muslim? Because my neighbor is also a Muslim. He's not a terrorist. So why are you using the term Muslim when you call some terrorist a Muslim terrorist? Mm-hmm. Right? So this is why um, we need to come out and show our neighbors our friends, our colleagues at work, that we are a very loving and compassionate people. Otherwise, you're in trouble. You need to get out of your cocoons. You need to get out of your mosques. Okay? Start doing some social work. Okay? There is poverty. There is drug abuse. There is alcohol uh, abuse. Uh, there, there are single mothers out there. There are orphans, I'm pretty sure, who are uh, short of food and clothing. Reach out to them, man. Okay? Okay? And we can't be selfish and say no. We will only help Muslims. No, who t- who said that? Who t- ever taught you that? You help everyone. You go out. You help humanity because Allah has made you the mercy for the worlds, mm. right? Allah has made you. You are the followers of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, so, yes, who came yes. with mercy for the worlds. So we need to go out and do charitable work. And this is the distinct um, character. And this distinct profile we have as Muslims in the world, uh, where where we we can be proud of the the kind yeah. and generous act we do.
1: Yeah, and then I completely and utterly agree with that. I, I couldn't I couldn't follow you for anything you said. But do you understand? Like like there's there's people out there who themselves are struggling with the deen. who yeah. are out there who are themselves they they can't really help anyone. That they saying you know um, if you're drowning, you can't really save somebody else who's drowning. So um i just wanted to like maybe put that across as well so like if there's any word of advice you have for those who are actually in that same situation right who actually feeling you know what like i'm feeling this spiritual numbness Mm -hmm. i'm fearing this i'm fearing that um whatever i do regardless of how i do it or when i do it it's incorrect
2: your your spirit i i believe you're feeling that spiritual numbness is because uh you're not feeding your uh your heart you're not feeding your faith your faith needs to be fed okay if you don't indulge in your, uh, uh, in your beliefs by committing actions, then of course your faith is going to die because it's not, it's not real faith. Mm. Real faith, real belief is when you act upon it. Mm. Okay? You feel that your faith is dead. It's not really doing anything. I'm not feeling it. It's, you're not feeling it because you're not practicing it. Mm. You need to get out and start. For example, I'll give you one small example. Just for one day, just for one day, any day of your life, decide that today I'm going to smile at everyone. Today, how much, how much effort does that take? Nothing. How much effort does it take to stretch a few muscles of your face? Nothing, right? So this, this, this is an experiment I want everyone to do. So, so yes. you see how when you practice your faith, how it affects your uh, well-being, how it affects your happiness. Mm-hmm in life, generally speaking, right? Choose a day, let's say 1st of November 2019, let's say that, okay? And say, I'm gonna smile at everyone today, everyone, everyone, right? And I'm gonna do it for the sake of Allah. I will only do it to please Allah because the Prophet ﷺ said yes. in a hadith, لَا Shayan الْمَعْرُوفِ شَيْيًّا خَاكَ Do not belittle any of your good deeds Even smiling at your brother Mm. Even smiling at your brother So smiling is a form of worship in Islam by the way It's an act of worship Mm. in Islam When you smile at people You are rewarded by Allah Even for a smile So smile Mm. from the sun up To the sun down Right For that day And see how you feel at the end of the day Mm. You will feel a difference in your character You will feel that there is some kind of light in you. You will feel that there is an achievement. You will feel that you have achieved something. Your faith will come back to life. It will be revived. So I believe Iman only means something when it's practiced, when it is shown practically, even in minor things. Sometimes people think Iman means establishing a government. No. Iman means changing the political landscape of the world. Iman means talking about global geopolitical events you cannot influence in any way. Iman means cursing one of the leaders in the world you don't like for doing kaza wa kaza. Okay? This is not what Iman requires. Iman requires you smiling at your parents. You being upright and kind to your children. You being nice to your parents. You influencing events around you where you can have influence. Mm. This is what you will be asked about. On the Day of Judgment Allah will not ask you what happened uh, uh, In for example Canada Hmm. Allah will not ask you about What's happening in the Middle East Allah Hmm. will not ask you about that Because you have no direct influence there You have no power to change anything there What you do have power to change is Your house Your personal living Your neighbors Your community Your uh, region where you live in uh, Establish events To for example, do soup kitchens. Reach out to the poor people. Uh, provide counseling for drug addicts, some kind of rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. Provide food and shelter and clothing for the poor, uh, regardless of faith and, uh, and color. Regardless yeah. of faith and color. That's where you can have influence. And once you start to influence your uh, society like that, then you can become someone potentially in the future who may be able to uh, may be able to uh, influence global events? It is very possible. It is very possible. Mm. So, iman is true. Iman is when it's practiced, mm. when it's actually put
3: into action. Mm. This is a random question, mm-hmm. but how's your experience been in Australia compared to like that of the, the UK? Uh, UK is where I live, and
2: uh, for obvious reasons, I have an attachment. Yeah. I love Britain it's a beautiful country beautiful yeah. people very nice people the british yeah. people generally speaking and uh, uh, very kind and compassionate people yeah and i love uh, many things about britain you know so i have a very strong attachment to britain i've been there for the for the last 22 years yeah but coming to australia for the first time i have been very impressed i yeah. have loved australia i mean i I've, I've fallen in love with australia i was in perth and uh, I visited some places. I went to this small island off the coast of Perth called Rotnest. and yep, it was yep. it was an amazing place, man. Subhanallah, I, I was completely blown away from the beauty and the scenery. From the be- beauty, and the scenery, and I, I came across. I saw a whale. Mm-hmm. I saw a whale <laughs> for the first time in my life. I've I was never like, seen a whale like at this beach. Right? Anything. Okay. and um, I mean, just I happened to be there mm-hmm. uh, with one of the brothers in Perth. May Allah bless him. His name is uh, Hamid. Shout out to Hamid. Sorry. to <laughs> yes, yes, And uh, he was taking good care of me. And uh, we were uh, visiting this island, and we just went to the tower. There's a tower. There's a like, yeah. like a like lighthouse. A lighthouse. So, and when we stand there, and and, and we <laughs> saw something in the sea, and and these were whales, and I said, are these whales or dolphins? Said, oh <laughs> my God. I was like, uh, oh my God! I've never seen, I've never seen anything like that. The big thing. Yeah. Okay. Then we had those uh, little, <laughs> little animals on this island. Uh, apparently, these animals are only found in this little island in the world. Yeah. Okay, they're they, they are they're what not are they found cool? in the quokkas. They're no. called quokkas. <gasps> I've right? that. They are a smaller version of kangaroos. They're very similar oh. to kangaroos. Oh. They have pouches as well. I saw about wallabies. Right? Sorry? Wallabies? I don't know what they're called, but they, in the <laughs> island, they're called quokkas. They call the quokkas over there. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wallabies are all over the show. I forgot. Yeah. Sorry. Have yeah. you seen kangaroos as <laughs> well? Yeah. So yesterday, was it yesterday? Yes, yesterday, uh, I w- saw kangaroos for the first time in my life. Okay. Damn. And... And my friend Saad took me to look at these kangaroos, and I was behaving like a child. You know, when a child, uh, when you <laughs> take a child to a toy shop, and yeah. the child gets excited, yeah. Oh, I want, I want that. I want. And I was looking at these kangaroos, and I was like, Oh my God, I've never <laughs> seen anything like this before. So it was really exciting. Subhanallah, Australia is beautiful. It's wow. absolutely amazing. And parrots and doves and the birds here yeah. are, are so beautiful. Yeah. yeah,
3: and loud and annoying as I know. Yeah, that's I mean, this,
2: that's the beauty of this exactly. this huge island. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, so I really love Australia. So yeah. what so so far what I've seen is it has beautiful history, mm. very nice people, Australian people, mm. uh, very pleasant to talk to, and uh, I've been to the Islamic Museum as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, um, it's, it was a beautiful experience uh, go, visiting the museum. I looked at some of the Muslim history of Australia. Mm. I was gifted a book by a brother. Uh, Who took me May Allah reward him I forgot the brother's name Subhanallah Shout out Uh, to him as well um, Yeah shout out to the brother Who bought (laughs) bought The book of uh, Muslim history In Australia Or the Muslim history Of Australia I didn't know there was a book There's a book um, And you can find that book At the Islamic museum (laughs) Okay (laughs) And it is A history of Islam In Australia Have you read any
0: it Or did it talk What what was interesting About Islamic history
2: Cameliers. I mean I I knew about cameliers. That many cavaliers came. Uh, uh, this is the thing: mm-hmm. Muslims need to learn this history and mm-hmm. talk to Australians about it. Ma- Australians don't know what role Muslims have played in the building of their nation. Yeah, that's true. Muslims were there at yeah. the start, in the very beginning of this nation, um, before even the Britons. There was yes. The British, yeah. yeah. No. That's that's one thing. Yeah. But even after the British came in, uh, who built the country? Yeah. Muslims played a very prominent role. Yeah. Mm-hmm the 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 rail network, for example, yeah. you know uh, Afghans, these yeah. Afghan cameleers they came with the camels, you know how camels came to Australia, now they're they they are seen as a pest in Australia. Are they yes. camels? These camels, yeah, yeah. they I were brought. Seen. <laughs> no, these are Pakistani camels. Yeah. Really? They actually came from Pakistan. They were brought from the Pakistani current day Pakistan, basically. Yeah. At that time, it was India, joint yeah. United India. When the British are governing, so these cameliers were expert cameliers. Of course, they knew how to operate camels. Yeah. So they were brought with their camels to Australia to do this work, right? And uh, obviously, the work was done. Uh, and the camels were not needed anymore. Hmm. So they were just simply released into the desert, into the out- outback. And they breeded and they breeded and they breeded. Now they have... They have a large population Yeah, they have a huge them. population and they yeah. have become a pest for a lot of farmers. So. And um, there was a documentary I was watching on Al Jazeera English uh, a while back um, whereby a Qatari, um businessman who loves camels and who who breeds camels and sometimes camels can be worth millions of dollars yeah red camels Uh, red no no this is the time of the prophet (laughs) 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 you're you're talking about the time of the prophet there was a a particular type of camel which is called red camel but now they have different types of camels um, and some of these camels can be worth like a million dollars or possibly more wow why are they so valuable because they have some special features about them. About the Arabs, months. the those who love camels, they know He's why they... Yeah. So <laughs> this Qatari businessman, he came to Australia and he saw some camels shot dead in the outback because they are um, a, pest. A, pest. Pest. a pest and uh, the government uh, allows uh, farmers to, to do that because sometimes they do destroy crops. So this Qatari businessman was completely devastated when he saw dead camels. He said, why don't we do something with them, like yeah. a meat industry or something like that? You know, instead of, And that's a good idea. But this is, how, well, this is where the Muslim history comes mm. in. Camel came with those camel mm. right? So you, the Muslim youth of Australia, you need to actually start waking up and start reading your history in Australia that's before well. you start to read history of Islam elsewhere. And we have to, we have to know the Muslim civilization. We need to know what role Muslims have played globally in the global intellectual development of humans. Okay, what, Muslim, what role did Muslims play? Muslims were right at the heart of it, uh, what we call the Western civilization or even uh, the European Renaissance, the Renaissance period where the Europeans actually discovered Greek philosophy and they revived uh, science as primitive as it may be at the time, because science has moved on quite a lot from the Renaissance period. But uh, whatever they had of science then was in um, a large extent taken from Muslims. Directly from Spain, from Sicily, from the Middle East, Muslims had produced immense works on science, on philosophy, on poetry, on literature. Muslims are the most bookly people in the world. We were the best Book collectors, book book producers—they were factories producing books yeah, like in the Muslim world. Not print, print printing factories. Yeah. I'm talking about book production was a huge business. Book binding was an art. Yeah. Muslims, when they would bind a book, they would design the binding. Yeah. If you look at some of the bindings, you'll be blown mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. This is a civilization we're proud yeah. of, yeah. right? We we have no idea about it. We don't know what 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 Muslims did in the past, unfortunately, because a lot of the Muslim youth are actually interested in their fields, respective fields of um, you know, study uh, to go and get jobs. Yes, they yes. study for career, right? I'm gonna do law because I'm gonna become a lawyer, I'm gonna make money. I'm gonna become an engineer, I'm gonna make money. I'm gonna become a doctor, I'm gonna make money. It's all about money, money, money. Mm-hmm. Eventually, in reality, to put it in a crude way, why are Muslims studying in universities today? Youngsters, I'm talking about. They have a career-driven uh, focus on education. Which is completely misplaced. Yeah. Education is not for making money and filling your stomachs. You you can fill your stomach anywhere. You can you can you can do any small business and uh, you can make money, right? You don't need necessarily education to make money, yeah. okay? Because there are some of the biggest tycoons in the world. They have no education, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I believe Donald Trump is highly un, un- uneducated. He's not a very educated man. Uh, how do I know that? the way he speaks, Yeah. okay, uh, he's not yeah. very, he's, I mean, maybe he has a degree or something like that, I don't know his credentials, but yeah. he's not very educated, but he has made a lot of money, yeah. right? Bill Gates, I don't know if he has a PhD or anything like that, okay? Steve Jobs, I don't know what his qualification was. All these people, a lot of these people, they
3: still made money, with, I mean, but we've been conditioned that way like in like but rat we need race. To, we need
2: to recondition or decondition exactly. ourselves. Get out of this right? rat race. Exactly, exactly. We're part of a rat race. We think education is not just from uh, career, just make money, just get mm-hmm. a job and make money. No, education should be for a greater purpose, to yeah. make this world a better place. You should use your education for something great, something noble, yeah. right? And part of that education should be your civilization. You yeah. must learn about your civilization what were the great achievements of your predecessors, people who came before you, okay? Just like Malcolm X said, if you really want to subdue a people, take away the history from them, Mm -hmm. and then they will have no desire to do anything great because they don't know of any great achievements of Mm. the past, right? But this is why I believe we, the Muslims, have to educate our youth, Mm -hmm. our youngsters, our people, about the achievements of the Muslim civilization so that they can repeat it. Mm -hmm. Wherever we are, we represent that civilization. Whether we are in Australia, in Canada, in the US, or in in the Muslim world, wherever we may be, we need to live that civilization. Not necessarily politically, I'm saying socially. Socially, we can still become scholars. We can Mm -hmm. still become the greatest scientists and thinkers and philosophers and leaders Mm -hmm. in all fields important. For example, uh, we can campaign on on some of the major issues. And this comes from intellectual stimulation. Yes. If you're not intellectually stimulated to do something great, you will never do it. Exactly. So we need stimulation and stimulation comes from precedent yeah. and precedent is in history. Yeah. Our history is a huge precedent for us and we can find all that stimulation from our uh, history. If we study it inshallah.
1: There's actually a <coughs> a very good documentary. Ask Abdullah about this when you leave inshallah. But um there's a very, very good documentary It's called Before Seventeen Seventy. I don't know if you've heard about it. It was about the um the Indonesians, the ones from Jakarta that used to travel from from Indonesia to Australia and they used to do trade with the Aboriginals, the the native owners of the land of Australia. It's actually very, very good. That 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 just shows that even before the colonization of Australia, there yeah. was influence between uh, Muslims and things. And they, it shows like Aboriginal people have kind of like prayers and they say Allah, Allah in, in some of their prayers wow. a, as well. Yeah,
2: so I'm pretty sure this is covered in the book I bought, uh, or book I was given as a present from the Islamic Museum. Yeah, um, And you should also study that book. So, uh, it's, it's not What's only the name that, of the book, it's first not, all, sorry, okay. sorry to cut you off, it's, I, it's, to I think book. it's called The History of Islam in Australia or is Muslim Islam. History of Australia or something like that. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. Actually, I have a picture. I have an image of the book. I'll tell you exactly who the author is so that you can, gu- you can you guys can find it easily, inshallah. I should okay. sit in the okay. audience on like Twitter um, or something and retweet it to the, them. I have an image of the title page. Yes, of course. History of Islam and Muslims in Australia. The author is Zavid Haverich. Okay, uh, how, how do you actually spell that name yes. of the author? It is D Z A V I D. Okay, that's the first name. And Heverich or Heverick uh, is spelled H uh, A V E R I C. So he's a doctor, he, uh, he's, he's a PhD doctor, he's a historian by profession. Um, and he has written this book, History of Islam and Muslims in Australia. Very interesting uh, title. You should look into it, inshallah, Ta'ala.
3: And our will give to you. is before seventeen seventy. That's the name of the uh, that film there. Yeah, it was in very, very
1: interesting documentary.
2: And it okay, okay, that's fine. It's
3: more of a film, so probably on your way back, you got a twenty-hour yeah. flight coming. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. watched that twenty times probably. Yeah. You're not going a, to Sydney?
2: Uh, I'm not going to Sydney this time. No, I would love to go to Sydney, but in the future, inshallah, sometime. So in is interior. Melbourne your last stop? Yes, in Australia, yes.
3: And then what's the plans after that, inshallah?
2: After that, I'm going to uh, Pakistan uh, via Dubai and to (coughs) to spend some time with my family there. And my parents are there. And then, uh, inshallah, I'll be making my way to Africa from there.
1: Whereabouts in Africa?
2: I'm going to Nigeria, inshallah. Mm. And then from Nigeria, I'm going to get back again to Pakistan to spend more time with the family. And then I'm going to South Africa, Cape Town. So so I'm, I'm literally like uh, I'm, I'm literally like A, a global kangaroo right? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. so He loves a kangaroo We uh, have to donate <laughs> him A kangaroo okay. Okay. Get okay. a kangaroo a man. Yeah, exactly <laughs> I just jump from continent To continent <laughs> and, You know And um, So that's it That's my life Alhamdulillah I praise Allah for that yeah.
3: uh, What were you doing Your time When you were in Australia Here in Australia What were you doing here? I
2: was doing Primarily I came for debates Four debates With two Christian uh, scholars Yeah Uh, Two debates uh, happened in Perth with uh, Reverend Samuel Green. They will be uploaded on YouTube very soon, and the other two debates are taking place in Melbourne. One has already taken place last night. Uh, It was on Jesus, uh, the Muslim and Christian perspective. Interesting one. And another one is coming on Sunday, the 15th of September, and um, that is on Prophet Muhammad wasalam, uh, A Christian and Muslim perspective yeah.
0: Christian Did perspective you? on Prophet Muhammad yes. That would be interesting
2: Yes.
1: Did you get any of the reverence to convert to Islam? <laughs> you can't <laughs> n-
2: always get people to convert to Islam And uh, that's not the purpose of the debates anyway The purpose of the debates is to Defend your position Against uh, any criticism for that matter And uh, Um, obviously, possibly show the weakness of the other position. That's the purpose Mm -hmm. of the debate. And sometimes if people, having watched these debates, are convinced of a particular position to be true, then they can accept it. It's their choice. But we don't really push for that Mm -hmm. in debates. Hidayah comes from Allah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We just put the information out there. If it makes sense, people are welcome to accept whatever they
3: want. Yeah, people think most of the time that, like, when you're debating, it's all about <clears throat> I'm right. I have to tell that person how it mm. is and try getting him to get my answer. Mm. But like, like when I've listened to debates and all that kind of stuff, like from how I first like known of you was mm. like on speakers corner. Yeah. And the issues that they speak on speakers corner. The good thing about it going back to speakers corner is issues that are not presented in communities like Muslim communities in the mosques or all that the kind imams of Imams don't really discuss yeah. those. So when that's, someone, the, that's the need, yeah, absolutely. And when mm. someone sits you down and asks you something about what you believe in, and you can't even speak about it, it's just like, why do you believe in it at the end of the day, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you've got that instillment that your parents have given to you, or the community and the environment that you've grown up in, but well, can you explain that? And not only that, from there as well, you understand the other person's logic. Like, well, it depends if they're logical at the end of the day, but still, like this person has said this, this, and that, and now I understand, and you become less ignorant from that Absolutely.
2: As well. And many people may have these questions in their minds. The good thing about Speaker's Corner is, uh, People come with questions, and mm-hmm. many of the questions may have those questions in mind, and uh, uh, they get some answers from Muslim uh, Muslim researchers, Muslim activists, Muslim speakers. So it's a good place. What What's your take on Speaker's Corner? Do you think we should continue with Speaker's Corner activity, or sh- shall we kind of...
0: Uh,
1: Sift it around. You know? it around yeah.
0: I actually want to hear his perspective on <laughs> Melbourne like, like ah, if we require that, yeah. it here yeah do you yeah. reckon
1: do you think that there should be one here in melbourne i i uh,
2: because the problem is to have a place like that uh, we don't know whether it would be successful as successful as what we have in speaker's corner in london cos that's, uh, that's a 150 years old tradition mm. speaker's corner is uh, is
0: 150 is, uh, years
2: yeah 150 years old yes isn't
0: there only two
3: places that in the world like isn't there one in new york that has a similar
2: i don't think so similar no, no. place no. they just have random people There's yelling mm. speakers, <laughs> speaker's corner is the only place in the world i am aware of yeah
0: it's uh, like very like unique like it's location based sunday afternoon it's known that's one flagstaff it? garden yeah, it's confirmed everyone knows every sunday everyone it. knows every
2: sunday uh, hyde park speaker's mm. corner people will come and they will talk about all sorts of things. Mm. So there are discussions, yeah. dialogues, debates, hostile exchanges. Yeah. Uh, no violence is allowed because police mm. is there. There's heavy yeah. p- presence of police. Mm. So when there's violence, that people get arrested and they and be warned: no violence is allowed. There, it's not welcome. <laughs> we don't. We never <laughs> w- welcome violence. We, we tell know. Muslims who who are short tempered to just go away. Mm. I know. We tell I sh- them just go away. Don't come to this place if you if you don't have the ability to have a decent... I mean, yeah. not even a decent discussion if you don't have the ability to. Tolerate insults. Yeah. Mm. Um, not that we encourage that, but uh, if you don't have the ability to to ability to tolerate, just, just go away. Leave. Yeah. I know um, Like we've asked for your so, so So what's your take on Speaker's Corner? What okay, do you so think we should
3: continue? I'll, I'll say my take, and I also want to hear Ashraf's take, because mm-hmm. Ashraf, so for me personally, I've watched it on YouTube, and I find it interesting, cause it's, well, certain debates at the end of the day, because mm-hmm. they go for an hour, and sometimes it's just yelling, yelling, yelling. Yes. <laughs> but there are some certain debates which actually, yeah. like, me, personally, when I'm listening to Wait, it's not about, oh, like, let's just say Adnan, because I side with you most of the time. Hmm. I don't go, oh, Adnan saying this now, yes, 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 yes. Hmm. It's more about, like, the good ones that you argue with and all that kind of stuff. I go, oh, that person, that's the way they think. Then you realize that there are people out there that think like that. Yes. Because you shouldn't be one side, and you shouldn't limit yourself to that. Absolutely. That one side. Yes, try to understand the, the other side as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And personally, that as well, like, strengthens you with your faith at the end of the day. Like yes. You don't learn your faith just from going to the mosque and speaking yes. to this and okay. doing that. Yeah. There's other ways, not just reading the Qur'an. Yes. Like you've got to understand there are people out there in the world yeah. who see the world differently through yeah. different lens. Exactly. And you've yeah. got to understand that lens exists.
2: Plus, there there, there, is, there is this side which is high, h- highly neglected. Yeah. The the defense side, right? How to defend your faith against intellectual attacks. So if someone intellectually attacks your faith, how do you defend Mm -hmm. against it? For Mm -hmm. example, the prophet of Islam, people raise this question a lot that he married a 9 years old girl. Mm -hmm. So by that virtue, he is is an immoral man Mm -hmm. uh, by our standards today, right? Mm -hmm. This question is thrown out very often. Mm -hmm. We have answered it. We have answered it in Speaker's Corner. We, mm-hmm. I have done a lecture, nearly two hours lecture on YouTube. You can watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, age of Aisha, mm-hmm. uh, a historical perspective. We believe the Prophet, for Salaam. his age, for his times, he did exactly what people were doing. Mm-hmm. Right? They would wait for girls to reach puberty. Puberty was determined by menstruation and sometimes physical ability. When when young girls started to show signs of womanhood, mm-hmm. okay, uh, physiology, uh, oh, sorry, physiologically or yeah. um, yeah, physiologically. When they showed signs of um, womanhood, those societies considered them ready for marriage. Yeah. Of course, that's changed today. We don't do that today. We don't have to do that today. A lot of the people say, oh, no, he's your role model. He's, uh, you, he still stands as a role model for you. You have to do it. No, we don't have to do that today. He's the one taught us to be vigilant about your circumstances. Mm-hmm. The Prophet of Islam taught us to be careful about the feelings and the sentiments of the people you live with mm-hmm. and the times you live in. For example, he said, oh, Aisha, If it was not for your people, I would have brought the door of the Kaaba down,
0: Mm.
2: right? He wanted to bring the door of the Kaaba down to earth. It is now seven feet tall, right? The door, right? It's seven feet high. So he said, no, I would bring it down if it was not for your people. Aisha's people were Qurayshis, his own tribe, the Prophet's own tribe. So he was very careful about the sentiments of the people, right? Mm. At that time, there was no problem in getting married to younger younger women. They considered, they regarded, anyone reaching the age of puberty at the time in the seventh century, forget the seventh century, even in the, in the 19th century, mm-hmm. for example. So we have these discussions in the park and elsewhere yeah. to highlight these things, so that people can learn yeah. th- about these responses. For example, there was an English law in the 19th century, 1867 to be precise, right? Uh, William Blackstone's commentaries on the English law, right? This work was published. Um, and in that book it clearly states that marriageable age for girls is 7 in britain legally yeah. now 1867 we're talking about 18, forget about the 7th century you're talking about the 7th century mm. right we're talking about the 19th century there were states in the us in the south uh, where the age of consent which means the marriageable age was 10 Today you would never be able to imagine that, right? Yeah. Mm. Today, if that happened, you would be thinking, "Whoa, hold on, hold on, mm. hold on. what were what you guys doing? This is madness, right?" <laughs> yeah. Okay, but that was completely normal in these American states no. yeah. in the 19th century. They didn't think like you. They were conditioned differently. Their life expectancy was short. Women would die in childbirth, like in their 20s, in the in the teenage, or possibly in the 30s, right? So these are a lot of things we we discuss in speakers corner. Speakers corner uh, corner is special for that reason because a lot of these ideas come out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of answers uh, are given to the Muslim youngsters who may not have answers to these questions. They, these these topics are not necessarily discussed in uh, in mosques. Yeah. So this is how we contextualize human history. That to apply a 21st century standard. Um, of normality to a seventh-century personality, or even uh, a nineteenth-century personality, for that matter, is anachronism. In in uh, social studies or uh, study of history, this term is used. Anachronism, anachronism means when you apply a, a, a modern standard on an early age mm-hmm. to judge them by your standards. This doesn't work like that. Their circumstances, their moral um, values. Uh, how they see, how they saw uh, society mm-hmm. and uh, each other was completely different to the way we see things. Comple- absolutely. If you were living in the 19th century uh, somewhere in Britain, for example, yeah. you would be shocked to see some of the things. You would be shocked. If, how- if we, oh, we thought true. about it from our lens now. Uh, yeah. Exactly, exactly, absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of these topics are discussed in the park and other things like that where we can show the world, hold on, the things you're using against the Prophet of Islam, sallam, for or against Islam, for that matter, uh, these standards are completely mis you know misplaced. Even your application of the standard is completely misplaced. It's unfair. It's unjust, and. If, if you want to use this standard against one person, then let's use it against the entirety of humanity. Mm. Then you put everyone in the same basket, and that's yeah. extremism, to say the least. It's nothing going to work. Yes, absolutely.
3: So Ashraf, what's your lens on um, Speaker's Corner? Because he's actually physically been there, going to the park London, mm. um, and he's experienced it. What's your thoughts, Ashraf?
0: Mine's pretty different because I was like the same as you. When I used to listen, I would obviously benefit. I used to like Adnan. I used to listen to a lot of the um, Muslim speakers and hear the debates and used to side with them. But then a lot of the time I used to hear a lot of yelling, a lot of yelling. Yeah. And I see brothers, Akhlaq, and I'm like, oh, you know, and me coming from like, I, I wouldn't react like that. I wouldn't react like that. But when you're mm. in a certain situation and there's 20 cameras on you and 20 brothers around you, and then everyone's questioning you, obviously emotions get the best of you. Absolutely, yes. Mm. It happens
2: It happens to me so many times. Yeah. I, this is why a lot of people advise me to kind of possibly stay away because I'm mm. seen as more... I'm I'm. I'm, 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 older. More emotional debater. I, I'm, I'm older and, uh, yeah. The Be- only
0: thing is if you do 90% khair hmm. and 10% is questionable... You look at the khair. Something you said to me is, because when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, why why are people still going? And all they do is argue and doesn't go anywhere. Mm. That's my perspective. I'm like, oh, you're not proving the other person wrong. They're not becoming Muslim. But you said it's not about the person you're debating in front of you. Because sometimes it is, like you said, to open their mind, open your mind, learn new things. But it's the listeners that are listening and saying, oh, okay, that's actually a good point. I might look more into Islam. I might, because a lot of non-Muslims might listen to it as well. Absolutely, yeah.
2: absolutely. This the purpose of discussions and debates is not to convince your interlocutor. Mm. The purpose is to educate people about your viewpoint. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, our brother, I forgot the name. Abdul uh, uh, Abdul uh, Sorry. Abdul Wali. Abdul Wali. Legendary. Legendary. <laughs> Legendary Abdul Wali. Just like Abdul Wali pointed out uh, that um, the people. They get to know your arguments. Mm. Then they get to know the other side. It's not only about your side, your side, your side. Mm. It's about the other side as well. How do they think? Why do they think like that? What's driving that thinking? Mm. So you need to do something about it. This is how you get to know people's viewpoint. Mm. And that's very important. And wallahi, believe me, we the feedback we get is absolutely amazing. I mean, I never thought... something like Speaker's Corner, as raw as it is. We call it the UFC of Dawa, right? Yeah, it's that that competitive. Yeah, yeah, no rules, no rules, okay? Uh, No gloves in some cases. Mm. (laughs) And and, uh, uh, um, spiritually speaking, there's blood all over the walls.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It it, it was so intense. When I went there, I just, you you feel the tension. You hear everyone screaming. You see people putting on signs and like, non-Muslims and Muslims just having signs and t- I heard yeah. I heard a lot of Muslims like something you said is about people recording off camera a lot of people weren't acting with akhlaq yes. your intention was the cam- people behind the camera watching yeah. Yeah. so that's good yeah. but then off camera you shouldn't be getting angry yeah. you shouldn't be arguing I heard a Muslim guy called the non-Muslim a like a dog yeah. Yeah. and I'm yeah. thinking what is going on I've, I've done
2: that I've done that. I've yeah. called certain people dogs, and yeah. and, and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, 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 I've done that, and I have said that on yeah. camera deliberately. Yeah. yeah. That you 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 you're, you're a dog barking at a prophet, yeah. but then, and we we don't have any uh, any time for dogs barking. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with that. I yeah. believe So calling someone a dog. If someone yeah. call, you but know, like he, he yeah. swore and stuff too. That I yeah. just me. Yeah. I'm not a very argumentative yeah. person, so yeah. when I saw it, I'm like okay.
0: Yeah. So I got to have like a little debate with someone and yeah. I got to speak to some of the non-Muslims too. But even like the akhlaq of debating, yeah. I didn't see much of it there.
2: Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, um, like, for example, even if you call someone a dog, I think it has to be done gracefully. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so should, you not. shouldn't start. You shouldn't become one. You know. So, for example, <laughs> uh, there is this individual. I'm not going to mention him. He all he does is shouts and screams and says very bad things about the Prophet of Islam, yeah. and you cannot possibly have a decent discussion with him. We don't indulge with him. We don't talk to him. So once he was like coming into my face and saying all these things, and I said, "Look, you're you're like a, you're a dog barking at a prophet. I have no time for you." I mean, you can bark. I can. I cannot stop you from barking, but I have no time for you, so I left him. So the, sometimes we have to, you know, that's the nature of the mm. place. You're not necessarily going to people and swearing and shouting at them. Yeah. I don't do that. I don't do mm. that. And I, other I, languages. Because yeah. I don't understand that. It's
0: the yeah. difference of you calling someone a dog to his face yeah. he understands yeah. or you swearing in another language, yeah. which yeah. is... Yeah. That's only your there, only, there was another yeah. incident,
2: funny incident. One of these cameramen uh in the park uh sometimes he sometimes he drinks so much that you can actually smell the booze on him, right? Yeah. And he was getting too close to me and then because of his I think he was drunk and he was behaving he was misbehaving. Mm. He's a grown man, he's a cameraman, he's mm. filming and uh, he was filming for one of my Christian interlocutors. And I said to him, can you stop your cameraman behaving like a monkey? Can you stop? He's, he's behaving like a monkey. He goes, you're calling him? I said, no. If he's behaving, I'm just, I'm just trying it's to him. Him. Right? <laughs> so sometimes it's funny to have these discussions. You know, you can be funny. Yeah. You can be sometimes, um, you know, you can be seen as, um, you know, these discussions, the reason why they are so interesting is because they are very raw. They're not planned. Yeah. Emotions come out. The true yourself yeah. comes out, and you that's know? that's yeah.
0: that's real life debating. Yeah, yeah, if I'm having a debate with you right now, yeah, we can't say okay, you say this point, I say this point, you say this point. Yeah, it has to be natural. Yes, and especially with your faith, your religion, something you've grown up. Upon, it's emotions involved. You're like disrespecting my prophet. You're saying I'm wrong. Yeah, like a lot of people do get angry, and that's normal.
3: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely But what's your thoughts on like Because um, also from that You get controversies on Muslims Arguing with Muslims Over certain little things And all that kind of stuff
2: I don't tend to get involved in that yeah. I, I think it's unfortunate In a place like that Where you're there to clarify Or demystify the, the image of Islam And you start arguing with each other I don't think that should be done yeah. yeah, we have discussions with Shias For example For people from the Shia background And we have very good discussions That's again interfaith Not sorry, intrafaith, yeah. intrafaith dialogue yeah between t- two se- I mean, two sets of Muslims, for example, the, the Shia Muslims and the Sunni Muslims, right? They come together, they have dialogues with each other, and I always like to keep it civil. Hmm. Uh, I've had many dialogues with the uh, Shia people in the park, you might have come across them, yeah, right? Yeah. And if you noticed, my lang- my language and my behavior is very respectful. I like to be civil with them. I don't insult anyone. I don't uh, provoke them to say something. And even, even even if they do, I try to correct them gracefully. So I think those dialogues go a long way. I've had Shia people approach me and thank me for those dialogues. Wallahi, seriously At Once I was at Heathrow Airport yeah. When I landed there And a guy came running to me And he Oh, you're Adnan Rashid This is nice to see you I said, okay, mashallah You know uh, how, yeah. w- 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 Have you been watching our stuff? He goes, yes I watched the Shia Sunni dialogues And I'm Shia And I really love your dialogues, man You, you, yeah. give, you have taught me so much And I was like, wow, subhanallah How far can your behavior go In conveying the message? Yeah. And that's only the, the people The youngsters only watch these Discussions because they want to learn, yeah. and they can only learn when you keep your language civil mm. and graceful. If you're insulting, if you're pushing each other away, what does that achieve? Mm. Nothing. Olah, nothing. Yeah. So even between uh, other, you know, Muslims uh, arguing with each other, if they want to do it, no problem, do it, mm. but do it with civility, mm. do it with due decency. You're mm. Muslims. Again, you 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 represent a civilization.
3: Yes.
0: Depends on time because you might have to. Uh, um, yeah. Just I as part of the Australian
3: change. culture, okay. um, there's so a very Australian thing. So we you
2: want to end on a positive note. <laughs> you you end on a very we don't.
1: We don't have a kangaroo to give you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know want to end mean? on oh, a Vegemite note. <laughs> <laughs> on
3: a Veg. <laughs> on a Vegemite note. Um, so it's a very Australian thing. Do you want to talk about Vegemite? Do you eat Vegemite by the way, sweet?
1: Me. Yeah? yeah. I don't even know what Vegemite is, brother. What uh, are you have ever you ever started? tasted it? No, never.
0: I've never tasted it too.
1: No, to be honest with you, Adnan. Less. We'll do it together if you want. Uh, you
2: I've, I've you, you, had you had taste first
1: because you're the guest, you know? Yeah, there's only one student. So 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 we know. are all Vegemite Amen.
2: virgins. <laughs> 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 Except me, I've been exposed. <laughs> 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 Pretty much.
0: Uh, so, check the camera, see if it's right. It's on, it's on. No, the angle. The angle. Okay. Uh, So, is Vegemite
3: wet. is uh, for those UK listeners that are coming for Adnan, um, Is a very Australian culture. So, what we do is. 8 a.m. in the morning just before school or back when we used to go to school. Uh, we'll chuck it on a little toast, heat it up. Who's,
1: who's we? Who's we? You talk for yourself, <laughs> bro. You're not that old, so <laughs> <size. Hey, bro. laughs>
3: Um And then, yeah, so it's a pretty much a... So am I going to now... It looks like Nutella. Experiment. But don't let it fool you.
2: Don't
1: wow. sniff it. Don't sniff it. Don't sniff
3: it. <laughs> so how
2: do you eat it? You ah, man, this smells like medicine. <laughs> Bismillah. Bismillah. Okay, let's see
3: what happens Oh, like I reckon I'll just let you know right now That's a lot That's a lot? That's a lot Seriously okay, okay. Take it. So shall I okay, Show us how much you got now Beautiful That's, That's, ah, That should be good Is that a lot? Are
2: you sure? Yeah <laughs> I, I <think laughs> a more. Bismillah. Bismillah Ya Allah <laughs> Ya Allah Forgive me for all my sins <laughs> 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 What's your
3: thoughts on it? Wow. L- let us hear it for a Oh <laughs> <Shut up>. man <laughs> Can you do us a favor when you do oh, go back to the UK? Take that strong. exact same bottle with you. It's strong. And you're gonna do this with your kids. <laughs> do it with your kids as well. Me. Please do not give that bottle to anyone. Are you sure this is food? <laughs> 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 hey, we're gonna stay vigilant. Wow. The- <laughs> about <Yeah. laughs>
2: This. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me tell you something about it. What yeah. does it taste like? It looks like um, that grease you put on, you know, machines and wheels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm pretty sure it tastes like oh my god. Hey, you gotta give it to it's, Musa. It's bitter, man. Oh you gotta give it to Musa yeah, for is us. we We're gonna, gonna try it next, man. you guys have to do it as well now. Come on, you made it me you <laughs> made me do it. Okay, let's do this. Ah, you can take it from there. This is yeah. the other side, yeah. If you want.
0: Oh, That was strong. Can I? Water? So brother that, yeah, drink from brother Nan just tried uh, yeah, Vegemite. Drink this. I've never had Yeah, drink Bismillah. I've never had as well. I'm gonna try it and then Sahel, inshallah you got to take this home for all your kids, yeah? As a token
3: from Ferdinand, you got you to
1: give it to Musa for us, please.
3: The whole family.
1: And he comes back and so come right. after us.
0: Why would people torture
3: themselves eating <laughs> this? But you have to try it on a toast. Apparently, that's a good part of it, though. Are it? You? That's where it's good. <laughs> Put a
1: biscuit. Um, grab a Tim so man. I know you
2: love Tim The videos Dad, will man. be out, inshallah. Tim Tim-tams, Tim-tams, <laughs> these guys, yes, yeah. yes, these are nice. <laughs> these are nice. <laughs> you, no, 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 you have to. You have to. I just... No, have How that. much?
3: Is this the first time?
0: First time. That is disgusting.
3: Have you had it? I've loved it. I've oh, you've liked it? I'm not going to lie. I don't like it, but still, I can bear it.
2: <laughs> I'm surprised it sells, man. Yeah, it does. It does. It's, it's
1: Australian it very, staple. It
3: very popular.
2: Are huh? oh, legendary doing
3: it? V- very, very
1: what popular. What is it made of? of? Uh, that's a very. Is,
3: isn't it marmalade? It's got a lot of barley yeast and this and that. Wow, oh, man! That How do they mean. eat that, yeah? No, actually, that's
2: you know, uh, you know, malt. malt. It tastes like malt. <laughs> very strong, very, very strong malt. So, so what about you? Me. Yes,
1: yeah. um, I think that's all we have time for on the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you have to do it, man. Uh, We're trying this.
3: Wow. I've never actually had it ever ever. Same.
0: Ever. I don't know why I've never had it. The
3: same bottle, though. Adnan, you're taking it home with uh, with you. This one? Okay. Yeah, and you're not giving it to anyone. Okay. And Musa. Musa. No, mm-hmm. not anyone on the way until you get to the UK. Give it to the little ones. Okay. And Musa as well. Um and keep the bottle, let it rot in your house. If you don't finish it. Where'd you mind? Are
1: you Am I really doing this?
3: By force. i do everything for clout, yeah. That's a phenomenon, man. Mm. Hmm? It does. Hit, <laughs> and it's got an aftertaste, doesn't it? Do you like it? Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I think it's one of those things you have to grow to. You mm. know, you have to you have to grow to like it. You
3: got to fake it till you make it. Mm. So you got to lie to yourself that it tastes good.
2: There's there's a Malaysian fruit called durian or something like that. Yeah. Oh, the one that, that stinks? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that has a similar kind of effect. And people say that you hate it the first time and then you start, then you, you, start you get, to love you it. get accustomed <laughs> to it. So it might be one of those things that you hate it. You in can the get beginning. used to anything. What? Yeah. So what?
0: especially from a young age, if you just yeah. Why does anyone eat that? Yeah, <laughs> it's the like same way,
3: yeah. It's the bread. cheese. I reckon it's the bread that cancels it out. No, don't worry
1: about bread that cancels it out. People have it on bread. Listen, Allah gave us so much food and so <laughs> much <laughs> Eat something that's good.
2: You know? Yeah, why would someone make that and, <laughs> and force feed them? themselves? But but again, I'm pretty sure there are millions of people out there who love it yeah. and the fact that it's being uh, manufactured and
3: for and
0: nearly a hundred years. We should manufacture
3: yeah. our own
2: fair income one. So fair I, income I, I don't, don't think one. anything <laughs> like that exists anywhere in the world. It's nah, probably it's it's something very Australian. Australian. Do you
1: reckon yeah. we should get a sponsorship after this, Muslim? I don't think it's going <laughs> to succeed. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty
2: sure it's not going to succeed in uh, other countries. <laughs> oh, they, they have a very light taste. This is a very strong thing.
3: You yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay, I think we should, we should uh, wrap, up wrap from it up. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, inshallah, when us fair income boys head down to the UK, um, we will meet you then, Inshallah. We'll see the debate at fair. what do you call a Speaker's Corner? Um, but for those who are not listening, uh, Adnan Rashid in the building. Um, and, yeah, we're out. Fair Income.
0: Take care. R- remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Fair Income Podcast. Thank you
1: very much for coming, Adnan.
2: Thank you. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen.